Welcome to Bench Reactions, an NBA podcast brought to you by the ghost of Christmas way future. I'm your host, Patrick Hervey, and I'm joined today by the four naughtiest elves I know. Zach Burnham, Jason Lamprick, Chase Baker, Dan Lyons. What's up, dudes? Who's the, who's the naughtiest? <laughs> it's Dan. It's Dan for sure. Oh my gosh. Dirty well, Dan quick. the garbage man. Dirty Dan the naughty garbage man. It's those trips I, to Goblin Valley, dude. Dude, over and over again. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you what's going on down in Goblin Valley. Actually, I can't tell you what's going down in Goblin Valley. Can't what do happens it. in Goblin Valley stays in Goblin Valley, as they say. Have, they do say that. Everybody says that. Well, uh, this is a momentous occasion, boys, because today is our special Christmas extravaganza episode. And uh, we're going to do some some Christmas-related activities today. We're going to write some letters to Santa. We're going to do a deep dive into the Christmas Day uh, games. And then we're going to wrap up with Zach's Mud Pie moment of the week. But first, we got some news of the week to get through before we dive into those things. Number one. Mr. Ja Morant is back. The Grizzlies, uh, well, so he hit a game winner against New Orleans this week, which I think brought Jason especially just a tremendous amount of joy after they came back from, I think it was 24, being down 24 points to come back and win that game. Memphis is 3-0 and since his return. So my question for you guys is, can Memphis do this? Can Memphis climb their way back into the playoff hunt? Look. Before I answer that, one hundred percent. Yes, they can. Oh, so the internet is <laughs> it? My internet is really bad. Um, I'm really, really getting tricked right now. Um, so I'm hoping that this is going through. But can I just say that John Morant got to have a really wonderful George Bailey like moment, where he got to see what the world would have been like if he was never born. For about like twenty twenty five games, he got to see. <laughs> you know, Pottersville took <laughs> over Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> who's his guardian angel? In you know, this? Uncle Billy <laughs> who's was the guardian angel. Who's his Clarence? <laughs> Adam Silver. I think it's Adam Silver. <laughs> Adam boy, Adam. Adam Silver um, is Clarence. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> he was. He was the one that took him through it. Um, I think it's beautiful, and I think what Ja learned is that no man is a failure who has friends. Uh, they love him in Memphis, and he came back and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, everyone dumped a bunch of money in the basket, and he, the district attorney ripped up the summons for his arrest, and we're all good now. So I just, I just think it's just wonderful. Um, I, don't, I do not think they can do this, but I think they're going to be a winning team next season. I think that's great. I think it's just Jack, amazing do you want to see expound the expound on that with your, it sounds like you're, you're pretty high on them as well. Yeah, I talked about them last week as the most disappointing team coming into the year. You know, I had Taylor Jenkins as my coach of the year prediction. I thought they were going to stay around 500, and they didn't. And I definitely underestimated the effect that John Morant has on this team. Um, Watching them play, it's like a completely different team. He makes everyone around him better in ways that I didn't really understand. I thought he was always more of a point-of-attack scorer guy who took it to the lane but he's actually a floor general he creates so many shots he's making Santi Aldama look like a solid starting center in the NBA and it's it's just been amazing to watch how different that team is Desmond Bain looks happy the guys look like they want to play they want to compete and the result of course is that they're winning games 
I mean, there's no there's no better evidence for his impact than that right there. Jaron Jackson Jr. is back to getting five fouls in 17 minutes. You know, all is right in the world. Um, no, I mean, I'm with you, Zach. Their their offense looks completely different with him on the court. It's actually kind of unbelievable because obviously their uh, you know their rotation guys haven't changed at all, but he's just the engine that makes the entire offense tick in in Memphis, and it's it's been amazing to watch him come back and honestly not skip a beat at all. I think that's pretty amazing. This dude hasn't played in 25 games and the fact that he came back and it was as if he didn't miss any time at all is pretty miraculous. Um, I did think it was kind of funny that after he hit that game winner against new Orleans, he was like, I've, I've been keeping receipts. I've been keeping receipts. And I'm like, receipts of what? Like who? No, nobody has doubted your ability to get it done on the basketball court at all. So if you're keeping receipts about, us being concerned about your off-court behavior, then, you know, keep those receipts, man. But we all believe in you on the court. So I'm a believer as well. I, I've loved what I've seen from them the last three games. And uh, I think, you know, they, they also are missing a bunch of their rotation guys too. So when they get those guys back, I think that there's a chance that they could uh, continue to go on a run here, which is fun to see. Chase, Dan, any uh, any parting Memphis thoughts before we move on? Uh, I just... You know, I don't know. If it's no Steven Adams, then it's a chance at the playoffs. That was the first thing that came to mind is like this 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 magic of Memphis isn't complete without Steven Adams. He not that he's the the, the crown jewel, right? But uh he holds he's he's the frame at which the crown sits within the jewels he he allows the jewels to be in place that's the weirdest analogy yeah it's like hey man hey man it's a cool that's a that's a cool cramp hey man hey man (laughs) i like your cramp is i just i just it's it's very yes uh yeah no steven adams no dice for me uh but it was really actually really cool like to see the uh the grizzlies kind of wake up because as as zach said they fell back into a place of familiarity with when jaw has the ball, they know what to do when jaw in terms of like letting him cook or when they don't need to let him cook, they know how to move off ball so that jaw can enable his teammates. So that was kind of cool to see. To your point, Pat, about cap recapturing that electricity that surrounds jaw, right? Cause when he's on the court, there might not be anybody more exciting with the ball even without the ball, right? He's thrown down some alley-oops like already. Hasn't missed a beat to chase his point about waking the sleeping bear. You know, not a championship contender, not a deep playoff run team. Playing, making some noise, recapturing that, but making everybody believe again in Memphis. Absolutely. Well, speaking of uh, making everybody believe again, let's talk about Joel Embiid here for a minute because he now has thir- – so he's put up 30 30- – at least 30 points and 10 rebounds in 13 consecutive games. Uh, I think we should probably turn this over to Jason. I'm, I'm a little worried about what's going to happen because of his internet, but let's let Jason cook here for a, a minute or two. Jay, how are you feeling about uh, our guy, Joel right now? He's just, he's just found his, uh, his Rudolph. If you think about it, you know, like he had Harden and, Simmons and Jimmy and Tobias and all <laughs> Melton. Um, but really what he needed to find is the guy that was going to help lead his sleigh through the fog. And that is Tyrese Maxey. They're, they're soulmates. 
uh, uh, on the basketball court. And so he's so he's happy. He's dominating. Um, I th- the only problem is that no one will care about any of this until uh, the playoffs. Because and and it, I think it's a wonderful thing that that's where we're at with Joel Embiid now is that he's so good that in the in the regular season that it's basically like okay the last thing you need to do is just win a championship and I actually think they have a shot now and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, it's getting it's getting hard not to believe. I think in Philly, right? I mean, I we'll we'll talk about them. I think a, a, a little bit later as we get into our Christmas Day games, but. Um... I don't know, man. It's looking like it's it's them. It's Boston. It's Milwaukee in the East. You probably throw the Heat in there potentially. I mean, there's they're looking they're looking real real good. Um, Joel is on another planet right now. I will say he tweaked his ankle in that in, in the last game they had. So I hope it's not anything serious and that he'll you know he'll come back and he'll be fine. But uh, the fact that he's playing like potentially better than he did last season when he won MVP is pretty miraculous and it does not look like he has any intention any intentions of uh slowing down anytime soon they're now number one in net rating in the nba which i think is amazing they're playing really well on both ends of the court uh one of the top five offenses and top five defenses everything about them screams contender i still feel like they're missing a piece or two not even a star just some some role players who fit behind Maxi and Embiid. I think that's what Embiid will need to kind of get over that hump. Because Jason's right. He has completely solidified who he is in the regular season. Now he needs to win. I worry that they don't have quite enough to make that happen. Because I think Milwaukee is going to be even scarier in the playoffs. Boston, you never really know what you're going to get from them in the playoffs. But they're at least an elite team that's going to be a tough out. Uh, Those two in particular are going to be very tough matches for the Sixers so I think what can Daryl Morey go out and do to make this team even better at the deadline is it worth it or do they just gear up for next season and see what happens this year even if that means a second round exit again well speaking of uh speaking of exiting um the Detroit Pistons have <laughs> exited the NBA officially as of tonight no, they have not. Uh, they haven't. They haven't given up completely yet. But it sure looks bleak in Detroit right now. They lost their twenty sixth game in a row tonight, dropping uh, the game to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. That is tied now for the longest losing streak in NBA history. I think it ties the. Uh, 2010 11 Cavs after LeBron left, and then this, I think it's 2016 or 2017 process Sixers, which is pretty bleak when you're going up against teams that were actively trying to lose games and you can't put together a win. I will say, I watched, I actually watched, watched a good chunk of the game tonight, and they were trying, man. They were trying. They were putting the effort in, I would say, on both ends of the court and still could not get it done. I know we're going to talk about them a little bit later, but, uh, any thoughts about the Pistons and how they can potentially get out of this? Because if they don't win this next game against Brooklyn, I mean, we could be looking at like 30 plus games in a row. Look, all I know is that somehow this involves Wingstop. And it's it's going to get ugly with, with Wingstop about this. And that's the only thing that I'm certain of. Well, they just lost to Brooklyn, so it doesn't really look good for playing Brooklyn again uh, early next week. After that, they have the Celtics. And then the Raptors and the Rockets. So I feel like they could beat the Raptors or the Rockets. I mean, both. I mean, Raptors have 
underperformed. Rockets have overperformed, but I don't think either of them are world beaters. So you got a chance there, and then they got the Jazz again. And I think the Jazz would be for the to break the record of or to, to pass 30 games. So that would be pretty crazy. But they just yeah, they they've now tied the uh the record for most losses, consecutive losses in a single season. Two more games and they'll tie the overall record. The Sixers had 28 over two straight seasons. Uh, if you carried it over from the last season. So it's gotten bad. It's gotten real bad in Detroit, man. Look, 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 look. The second Nets game is at home. This first one is in Brooklyn. We're getting the second Nets game. It's it's hard to beat a team twice. Book it right now. It's happening. Also, Kelly Olenek is Krampus. On that note, no, let's, on that note, <laughs> that load of a note, Let's go ahead and move on to uh, our Letters of Santa segment here. All right, boys. Christmas. We were recording this on the night of Saturday, December 23rd. Christmas is right around the corner. And although we're no longer kids, at least age-wise, we still have some things we would like to ask Santa for this Christmas. For this segment, we all brought our letters to Santa today, and we are going to share uh, those with each other, with our listeners we're going to share what we asked for. We each have two league-related things that we asked for in these letters, and we're going to run through them now. We're going to kick things off with Jason. And Jason, I think before you get into that letter, what, what the people really want to know is, have you been impish or admirable this year? Uh, I think if you ask <laughs> my uh, friends, I've been admirable. My enemies, I've been impish. Uh, it's really in the eye of the beholder. But... <laughs> That's fair. Um, That's fair. Am I am so if if I'm coming through okay, um I can I can launch into my my first wish, which is honestly the only one that really matters. Um I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. In the words of a poet, all I want for Christmas is you. Bring him home. I want him standing outside my door. Alex Caruso. Oh, Come man. Sing, sing the song. Sing the song. Do it. <laughs> Baby, please. Baby, please come home. That's what all the best Christmas songs are about. We had a wonderful thing. It was like a rom-com where it was just a misunderstanding. We didn't... We took you for granted. We didn't treat you like the uh, the, the fantastic, fantastic person man member of our family that you were uh you had to go outside to get that validation get that money i understand um but it's time it's time for us to like any good family around christmas bury the hatchet uh, uh, uh apologize uh do whatever it takes um trade whatever it takes uh minus austin reeves to make this happen it's time to come home Caruso is everything this uh, this Lakers team needs, uh, and he would, and even if we lose in the first round or whatever, if we do it with him, I'll be happy. That's what I want this Christmas. Thank you. So Jay's trying to summon his bald eagle powers. Is that what you're saying? Man, Jay, I just was thinking of there's the end of that Boys to Men song where he's like, baby. I knew you were running around. I didn't care. <laughs> I just wanted you to come home. Baby, <laughs> I'm sorry. 
Please forgive me for all the wrong I've done. Please come back home, girl. <laughs> so I have a I have a very important question for you, Jay. If the Bulls said we want Austin Reeves straight up, no picks, nothing else for Alex Caruso, would you take that deal? Great question. Ooh, this is like the 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 meme that are Jay we ready sends for us. this question? Uh, the time I don't even know what it's from, but it's the dude with the one tear in his eye who's shooting his friend. Oh yeah, the, the tear. <laughs> yeah, the Wesley Snipes New Jack City meme. Um, yeah. Uh, n- no, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it because they both are like. Don't make me choose between my children. Um, and honestly, what this this Lakers team has less of what Austin Reeves does well um, than what Alex Russo does well. And, but I don't, I, I don't think it should be an, a mutual exclusive. I think they should both be playing for the Lakers right now. Totally fair. Totally unbiased. <laughs> appreciate totally the, get uh... that all white team. <laughs> well, Dan, let's kick it over to you for your, uh, your first letter to Santa. What are you asking the, the, the big man with the red hat for? The man who does not smell like beef and cheese. I am going to ask him. The first thing that I'm going to ask of him this year is please, please, please do not let Danny Ainge trade Larry Markinen. <laughs> Especially to the I Thunder. Thought, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor Sam Presti was going to maybe... Bring him to get, OKC. It's get all happening. the way out. Honestly, like I would be incredibly disappointed if the the Jazz traded Markinen to OKC for 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 some of that war chest. But it would just be funny. It would be funny to see Presti actually turn some of those picks into something. But no, I think that Markinen is a phenomenal player. He's exactly the type of player that you want to build around. I, he wants to be in Utah, which is not nothing because 99.9999% of the league doesn't even know where Utah is. And I, I think it's it's just a phenomenal fit. And so the type of return, I mean, okay, right, I get it. If, if, if we get a King's Ransom, then like maybe, and considering what he got for Gobert and, and everything. But I just, I like Markinen. I want him to stay in Utah. It, it would have to be a pretty hefty haul for me to think about being like okay like i'm i'm okay with this and even then right like the trading or trading away something great for something that could possibly be better in the future you know i don't know i think i think we tough so i don't please santa do not let uh danny games deal away my beloved larry marketing why specifically oklahoma city man get all the way out of here <laughs> I think Dan's feeling a little insecure. Is that is that what's going on, Dan? You said specifically Oklahoma City. I don't. What did we ever do to you? There's no beef with OKC in Utah. Look, I'm just saying. Does that mean you want him in purple and gold? Because we'll, we can make that happen. Oh, right. you, That's how you I took it. Army. That's how I understood that. You and what army, Jay? Incredible. All right, let's kick it over to uh, to Chaser. Let's make the Jazz connection. Chase, what are you asking Santa for? Yes, the uh, the Dan to Chase, uh, Stockton to Malone. Uh, what is it nowadays? What would it be? Uh, Keontae, George to 
Walker, John Collins, Kessler. JC, Walker <laughs> Kessler, anyone else pick and roll. <laughs> um, uh, so my two items, my uh, one, my jazz related uh, wish list uh, for Santa item is just to hit the fast forward button on whatever Danny Ainge is going to do and just get it over with because Danny Ainge's, you know, genius club strategizing that he does. He has his own timetable. He will wait. He's had a long career in the front office. He is, he is in no hurry for anyone to pressure him into doing anything. I know for a, for a fact, nearly for a fact that that's why, Ryan Smith uh, egged him on and said, "Hey, come out to Utah. Uh, you have a you know you have enough of your 500 relatives that live here already. You should move out here too and come run our team." Um, I just want it to happen fast. More specifically, if there's going to be a trade, and to me, it feels like it really feels like we're n- even for a King's ransom at the, again King. It would have to be King's ransom. It really feels like Laurie Markkinen is off the table right now. Uh, there's a Woj post as of last week that said, you know, folks have been asked about Lowry, but the jazz really, really, really like him. Uh, that seemed indicative of them not moving Lowry. It seems to me like to me, like it would probably be Jordan Clarkson to clear some cap space and just to kind of complete the whole changing of the guard thing. Jordan Clarkson's great. Like he, he's, he's very valuable, which is what I think would make him a trade, uh, piece, uh, we would hate to lose him, but it doesn't see, seem like he's as central to the future of the team uh, anymore, given that like he could be six man. He could come off the bench. He could start. Um, that's number one is if it ha- if they're going to trade Jordan Clarkson, please just just rip the bandaid off. I, I I would hate to I would hate to see him go. By the way, I, I met his uh, well via text. I met his bodyguard two weeks ago. So that was kind of a, a fun interaction I made. Uh, so um, it would I, I would hate to lose my new friend. Um, but uh, number two would be the to bring the Sonics back. Please bring the Sonics back. Bring them That's back. <laughs> bring them. That's home. it. Yeah, bring them home is is, is, the, is the lyric in this case. Please just just make it so that whatever. Whatever dirty but behind the scenes, like sell his soul to the devil thing that Adam Silver did to make David Stern happy. David said, don't ever, don't put a team back in Seattle unless unless A, B, and C. And Adam said, okay, cool, fine. Whatever the heck happened, that's that's my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, by the way, is that somehow David Stern did something that Adam Silver is honoring to keep a team away from Seattle. Yes, there's lots of other things like an arena and ownership group nonsense. Please, just please, somehow, when they ex- if Las Vegas, if Las freaking Vegas gets a team before Seattle, I will riot. I will poop in a bag. I will set it on fire. I will throw it at the NBA league front offices. And I will do that over and over again until it spells Seattle on the front windows on whatever street in Manhattan that that office is on. Thank you for coming. You heard heard it here first, NBA. You have 24 hours. (laughs) You always end the threat. (laughs) (laughs) You have 24 hours. I know Zach's got some thoughts on this. Zach, do you want to comment on this at all? Or is that also one of your uh, Christmas wish list items? That was going to be one of my Christmas wish list items, but that's okay. I can just share one. 
you got some. Uh, but yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Minus the rancor, I I agree. <laughs> I mine is mine is more from a place of sadness than anger. Uh, in two thousand and eight, I was in Brazil when the Sonics left, and I came back and I was sad and I stuck with uh, I stuck with the Thunder, even though most Sonics fans completely hate the Thunder because of what went down. And I had a few good years there with the Thunder. Actually, I saw a decade with the Thunder. Then it was bad, and now it's looking good again. And all of that is just making me think, what if this was happening in Seattle? This could all have happened in Seattle. Shea Gilgis-Alexander could be a Seattle supersonic, and everything would be right in the world, especially as the Mariners are just ripping my heart out again and again and again and again. I feel like we need to give like Zach to have a just like a team. <laughs> a podcast so that I have just more. talk about the Mariners. <laughs> Are they ripping your heart out, or are they just poor? They're not poor. That's the pro. That's why it's ripping my heart out. <laughs> Did you not read they're his text like yesterday, they're Dan? They're not poor. They're just idiots. They don't. But this look- is a ba- this is a basketball but- podcast. We don't need to talk about the Mariners. They I just want dollars. I want my team back in Seattle so that I have another piece of the pie, another opportunity for the win when stuff like this goes down. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Oh man! I think it's happening, and can I just yeah. say, when it happens, I cannot wait to have the uh, fantasy expansion draft episode of Bench Reactions, oh, where we man. just talk about oh, who you guys are so picking fun. from all the other teams. Oh, I just, I cannot wait. It's happening. It's them in Vegas. I think those are the two because they're going to obviously expand by two teams. So I think Vegas and Seattle will get a team at the same time. I think it makes sense. Sixteen teams go to the playoffs. 32 teams in the league would be half of the teams. I think it just makes sense. Let's do it. Agreed. All right. Well, let me give my uh, my first uh, item on my wish list to, to Santa here. So I, I said, dear Santa, for the sake of Victor Wembenyama, please help the Spurs figure out what they're doing and start to actually build a competent team around him. This team sucks so bad. It sucks so bad, in fact, that they have a worse net rating than the Detroit Pistons, who have lost 26 games in a row. And it's not really even that close. Like, they're almost a full point worse net rating-wise than the Pistons are. Like, I'm with you, Dan. I don't even know how that's possible. They've only won four games. They're 4-24. and But beyond that, it doesn't really appear... Maybe there's some stealth tanking stuff going on here that very well could be the, the case, but... If it's not that, I'd actually be more concerned because some of the lineups that Pop is trotting out there, the whole like Jeremy Sohan running point guard for the first 20 games of the season experiment. I don't know if you guys saw the clip that was going that went viral. I don't know if it went viral, but it was going around Twitter the other night of Sohan driving. You had Wembenyama flash into the paint, wide open, flailing his arms instead of dumping the ball off to, 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 to Victor. Sohan takes a contested turnaround jumper air ball. And Victor's just kind of throwing his hands up on the side, like, what's going on here? They don't, the only real point guard they have is, is uh, Trey Jones. And he doesn't play. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Pop refuses to It makes to start no him. sense at all. It, it doesn't, it, I don't get it. Um, there's been some weird, like, Devin Vassell stuff where when he came back from injury, Pop had him come off the bench for some reason. None of what he's doing makes sense right now. And um, they have, I mean, not that we should, I don't hope that they 
prematurely expedite the process here. Like I would say new Orleans did with Anthony Davis, for example, versus like staying the course, but there's, they're just not really doing anything to help his development. And he still looks incredible so far this season. So I just, I I want them to figure out what they're doing so that his career can take off in the way that it should. That is all. (laughs) Snap, snap. Can I also just say that this is more evidence, what you just said about the net rating is more evidence that Detroit, who I had number one overall for lottery karma, should have won the lottery. And then, you know who would have been hitting Vic for those dunks? Cade freaking Cunningham. Let's be real. That's true. They would be be balling out together. I'll give it up for that. All right, Jay, what's your, uh, or no, sorry, Zach, you, you didn't actually give your first legitimate Christmas wish list item, did you? Uh, no. So, Let's hear it. Well, you already heard what my second one was going to be. Um, and I'll just go ahead and say that uh, both of mine this year were really like sincere requests from the heart. Uh, <laughs> coming from a weird place of being alone on Christmas, I guess. Um, but my other letter to Santa is this, Dear Santa. Today I'm bringing you, as I said, the two most sincere requests in my heart. First, Santa, I ask please for a relatively injury-free season, particularly that the players can be playing into shape and getting healthy from any injuries as we approach the playoffs. So far this year has not been too bad as far as injuries go. It's been great to be able to turn on games, see stars and most of their supporting cast uh, in the games I've watched. There have been some guys in and out, the Suns specifically, uh, particularly I've had a lot of injury problems and, and the Grizzlies now have job back, but they still have, as Chase mentioned, some of these solid supporting guys like Steven Adams out. I would like to see a playoff uh, competition with most of the stars, most of the supporting cast healthy. So we can actually gauge these teams. They have the full, their full uh, complement of players to give us the best product that we can, that we can have. And what really made me, Think about this one was seeing John Morant back. Obviously, he wasn't out for an injury, but just seeing the difference that he makes for that Grizzlies team was unbelievable to me, honestly. Like, I knew he was going to be great. I knew they were going to be better, but it looks like a completely different team. When these stars play and when they have the guys around them that they need to compete, basketball is just better. The NBA is better. So my sincere request to Santa is please, let's avoid the major injuries. Here, here. Here, here. Love it. All right, Jay, what's your second Christmas uh, wish list item? Your letter to Santa. Uh, pretty unselfish uh, wish for Zach. That's like a real peace on earth, goodwill towards men vibe that he's bringing to, to, to the table here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to flip this on its head a little bit. I only want good things for the people I love and care about. And I, <laughs> all I want is L's. For those that those that I hate, and so my second wish is a combination of those two. Dear Santa, one wish: let Joel Embiid finally beat the Celtics in the playoffs this year. Finally, <laughs> he's just he's played three series <laughs> against them uh, since tw- 2017, 2018. Lost all three, uh, and never never made it past the second round. It's time. This team deserves it. They got rid of Harden. Harden was their karma, their like anti-playoff karma. 
Embiid has just not been able to be fully healthy and or fully effective in the playoffs really any year of his career, except for low-key the year he was with Jimmy Butler uh, when he was amazing against the Raptors and lost because the ball bounced eight times on the rim and then dropped in for Kawhi Leonard uh, to beat the buzzer. But Joel has done everything right the last few years. He's not complained. He's not asked for a trade. He has been on the nice list. The Celtics, historically, in every way, as far as I'm concerned, are on the naughty list. Therefore, let this happen finally. I don't care what else happens. Just let uh, Embiid beat the Celtics this year. And if possible, if I'm going to ask for like a little, little extra wish, let him also beat Jokic in the finals. Because that would just be so tasty. So tasty. After everything that happened this last year. So that's what I wish for. I wonder if Embiid himself wants to play Jokic in the finals. That's a lot of pressure for a guy when he hasn't won yet to go up against like what media has created to be his nemesis. And if Embiid loses to Jokic, it's over for him. He's never going to live it down. He's going to be dropped on all-time rank lists, all that kind of stuff. But if he wins, you know, the reward is great. So. Yeah, this has got to be the year. I mean, this, the Sixers look like a potential juggernaut. And if they can't get it done in the playoffs yet again, I mean, I think the narrative probably is going to shift next summer. So I'm with you, Jay. If we can get uh, nuestro querido, uh, a little bit of playoff success, I think that would be uh, not not even just against the Celtics. I would I would take it against anybody at this point. Like, can we make it until can we make it to the Eastern Conference finals, maybe potentially? Um, all right, Dan, what's your what's your second letter to Santa? Hit us with it. My second letter to Santa is a quick hitter. And Zach did bring the peace on earth, goodwill towards men vibes. This second wish is more along <laughs> the Jay's lines about, uh, all right, this one's about the Hawks. Dear Santa, please let the Hawks trade Trey Young. <laughs> there it is. It's time. Get him out of there. Even if it's 50 cents on the dollar, whatever it is, whatever you have to do, Atlanta, it's time to move on from Trey Young. Get like get something else, do something else, be something else, let him go somewhere else. Maybe the WNBA. Who knows? But that's that's what I wish for, Santa. Please let Atlanta trade Trey. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my I, I disagree, gosh. Dan. That is 100% a goodwill on earth wish. That is the, <laughs> that is the greatest goodwill and peace you could ask for. <laughs> let him go play for the G League Ignite and make that league, you know, bring in some tickets. I don't know. Get him out of here. Man, it's time. Uh, I have heard a lot of people be like, I've had a lot. I've heard a lot of people be like, start learning Chinese and make jokes like that. But I've never heard someone talk about making me play in the W. That is so messed up and disrespectful to that league. By the way, I saw. I saw a good one. Speaking of disrespectful for the league, or I guess this is pretty good respect. There was a tweet that I saw the other day that was like, "Do the Pistons know that they actually can't draft Caitlin Clark?" <laughs> but like honestly there are some there are some women in the WNBA who I'd rather see playing on the Hawks right now than Trey Young so oh I would yeah he's, he's, so it's like not close well so here's the question clearly like this you think this would be a good thing for the Hawks like who are you trying to saddle with Trey's with what you consider to be Trey's carcass 
<laughs> I mean, like definitely the Lakers. So <laughs> easy. <laughs> <laughs> not even close yeah you know i hear i hear he shines the brightest under the lights of los angeles i hear he would just do great things for your team you'd probably get along really well with lebron it's exactly what that team needs i don't know who's trading for him i mean honestly Actually, like I, I don't i don't know I, yeah maybe it is the Lakers. <laughs> i mean i think I'm jay saying, though Actually, Raptors, I, I actually weirdly think Trey, I weirdly think Trey and AD works, but we don't need to have that conversation yet. Oh, okay. Now you're Zach. I mean, look, now like he is. So, I mean, I watched a lot of the Hawks Grizzlies game tonight and he is like elite, elite, elite at pick at the pick and roll. Like his, his passes out of the pick and roll are insane. The way he's able to dump it off to guys and get easy buckets that way. But the dude turns around and gives it back in five seconds on the other end of the floor. Like, it's actually kind of unbelievable how bad the Hawks are on defense. Watching them tonight, I mean, he just like completely. There was one. There was one play where he just completely fell asleep, lost his guy in a cut. The dude had an open dunk. Like that stuff happens all the time. So I don't care if you're elite on offense. If you're like one of the worst defenders in the league, it's it's just not a good combo. And that team doesn't work. They need to they need to figure something out. They need to figure out what they do. Speaking of uh, needing to figure out what they do, my my second letter to Santa is uh, is pretty simple. This is it. It's Dear Santa, please help Dallas figure out a way to put a real contender around Luca. It's time. He's a top five player in the NBA. He's having another incredible season this season, and unfortunately, the Mavs just aren't good enough for anyone to like really take notice because um, they're not going to be a legit contender. I think they'll they've gone actually been on a little bit of a, a skid recently. They crushed the Spurs tonight, but who hasn't crushed the Spurs at this point? Um I just I I I, I don't know how they're gonna do this, so that's why we need some of Santa's magic to make it happen because their their cap situation is just kind of a mess right now. Um I don't know how to get out of it. I we may need to, to have Zach go on the trade machine and try to figure out some Voodoo Mama Juju magic to make it happen. Uh, but Mama it's... <laughs> Juju. <laughs> uh, well, Caleb Crawdad action. Um, yeah, it's just I, I want I want to see an actual contender around Luca. This is uh, this is diverging a little bit from the topic at hand. But who are the contenders in the West? Did you guys see it? Nuggets. Hey. Yep. Say so, yeah, I, I mean I, Phoenix I is a mess. mess. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah, Pat. You're, you're Minnesota. Phoenix. I believe in Minnesota. I know Zach doesn't believe in Minnesota, but I believe I believe in Minnesota. I put. I would say Nuggets, Timberwolves, Lakers. I'd probably put in that combo. You cannot get me to agree to put the Clippers on the list. Um, Phoenix looks pretty awful right now. I'd probably have those three. I, think, I, I, think, I'm, I don't I know. The, the Kings. I think I would say are Western Conference Finals potential dark horse. Dark horse. For dark sure. horse. Mm-hmm. I'd be shocked right now if anyone other than the Nuggets comes out of the West. Honestly, I think other teams could. There, are, there are a lot of good teams, and that's kind of the problem. It's hard to really evaluate the West because everyone's so closely packed together. Like the Mavericks are seventeen and two, the Clippers are seventeen and two, the Lakers are in ninth place, but they're just sixteen and fourteen. I, I said seventeen and two. I meant seventeen and twelve for those two teams. Seventeen and twelve, and then the Lakers are just like a game and a half behind them, but are down in ninth. Suns are at 500, but they're in 11th. So it's it's just really hard to know like 
which, which of these teams is actually elite versus just good. It's a lot of really good teams. The only elite team I'm sure of is the Nuggets. I, yeah, can back I think that. that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next segment here, which is uh, our Christmas Day Bonanza. We've got five games that we're going to break down here. Uh, we're actually going to rank them out. So we're going to start with uh, our our top ranked game out of the five. So we've basically had everybody vote. Send me where send me their lists, and then I compiled uh, how things shook out based on a proprietary point system that I put together myself. Uh, so we're, we're going to dive ago. right in. <laughs> I did not do it 12 seconds ago, but Dan did send me his list 12 seconds ago. I can't speak. It's very late. It was like, and... <laughs> it was like 12 minutes. <laughs> 12 minutes ago. Um, so the the first first ranked game, this is, uh, and we, we did it based on how, uh, how, how worth it would be to ignore your family on Christmas Day to watch the game. So the first I guess section or game that we're calling this is a uh, miss opening presence. If you have to, this uh, was unanimous other than Dan, which I don't think anyone's going to be shocked by because Dan is a, a, a bit of a hater sometimes. Um, Lakers versus Celtics was our, our number one ranked game. I'm going to throw it out to the the, the crew here. What, uh, what is exciting for you about this game? Interesting about this game. We'll we'll uh, we'll open ended question here and get things started. I mean, look, it's the it's the war to end all wars. It's the eternal conflict. It's the it's good versus evil. It's the dark versus the light side of the force. It's it's everything. Um, both these teams are real good. And last season, both games were just absolute barn burners. Um, the Celtics took both of them, but you can. And but like both of them were before the Lakers were even like half decent, uh, aka pre trade deadline, um, which just shows you how much LeBron and AD were kind of upping their game, rising to the occasion for these Celtics games. I I think they actually take this seriously, and I think they take it personally. Um, and so for it to also be on Christmas, um, and for the Celtics to be the kind of team that they are this year, um. I anticipate LeBron and AD uh, coming coming with what they've with their best, um, and now that they figured out this new starting lineup tonight, cross your fingers that this is actually a real thing. Um, I think it I think it could be a real classic. Um, but there are some great Lakers Celtics regular season games in recent history. Rondo hit a game winner to beat the Celtics a few years ago. Obviously, the refs stole the last round last season, um, fifteen years ago. Uh, Kobe got uh, got MVP chanced in Boston on Christmas, um, and so that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. It's it's a, it's a, I think it's a it's a no brainer. It has everything. It has history, not just between the the two teams and the rivalry they've had over decades now, but LeBron in Boston has always been a thing since back in the Cleveland days, then to the Miami days, then to the Cleveland again days. Uh, it just has everything you need. I will note that Jason did not lay out who was the good side and who was the evil side. He thinks <laughs> he thinks he knows which is. What's the good side, light side of the fours? What's the dark side? But Palpatine thought he was a good guy. Anakin thought he was doing good for the for the universe or whatever the galaxy. So just throwing it out there, man. As Obi Wan said, my point of you view, the Celtics are evil. 
<laughs> Celtics are evil. Is that what Jay said? <laughs> let me make this. Let me make this clear. What Jay for said you. is, from my point of view, the Celtics are evil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll add that uh, just to, to specifically answer and speak to the Lakers versus Celtics game. Looking just at some of the team numbers, it's really interesting that the the Lakers are quite weak in areas where the Celtics are strong and vice versa. So there's going to be some really interesting, just in terms of how the teams are made up, like the Lakers are just very, very bad from three this year. And the Celtics are quite good from three. Whereas on the other hand, the Lakers this season are a much better uh, passing team. Um, they're, they're, they're way better at moving the ball uh, than the Celtics are. So it'll just be interesting to see how some of these like, trends that we're seeing amongst how they play ball together kind of come out. I will say this game is in Los Angeles uh, this year. They're going to be on LA home turf and uh, it feels like uh, the season so far when the lights are shining quite bright, uh, the Lakers ha- either come shine just as brightly or they don't. I have a gut feeling like they'll step up uh, and get a W Austin Reeves uh, just continues to excel. But uh, to me, the story, the narrative of that game is, I don't want to say the old guard, but the the older established NBA, as in Anthony Davis and LeBron, versus the here and now, Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, Celtics, uh, old versus new, and seeing how the future... The future of the league, like who's who might be considered on their way out versus who's here and now. Uh, does Le- can Le- can LeBron, you know, when the lights are shining brightest, hang on and continue his dominance? Or, you know, if the Celtics win on the twenty fifth, is that a statement that they're saying like we're here? Um, Lakers are not relevant to us, and we're gonna we're gonna stomp all over them, and uh, you know have a mud pie on their uh, under leave a mud pie under their Christmas tree at the Staples Center. Also, like I'm with Zach Lowe. It's not called crypto.com arena. It's still called the Staples Center, by the way. <laughs> Freaking crypto. Yeah, I mean look, like I I think I've made my my sort of thoughts on Boston uh pretty well known amongst this group just in terms of I I think they're a juggernaut regular season team. I I think that they'll you know, like they've definitely made runs in the playoffs over the last couple of years, and they've come up short, unfortunately, when the lights uh, have gotten brightest. So I don't know, man, this game's going to be interesting. Like I, uh, I definitely think there's a chance that Boston could come in and just like, you know, I don't know, blow out the Lakers potentially <laughs> just because of their three point variance, man. If they're hitting from three, it's pretty impossible to beat them. Um, they hung 145 on the Clippers tonight, in case anyone missed that. Kawhi didn't play, but so I, I mean, look, I think the Lakers are a much better defensive team than the Clippers are just in terms of their defensive talent kind of from, from one through five. But I, I, yeah, this, this Boston, it'll be interesting to see just matchup wise, what, what these two teams playing against each other look like, because I think they're, they're, you know, polar opposites in a lot of ways. To beat think, Jay to it, styles make fights. I think, uh, whether Kristaps plays is going to um, be a huge factor in the game because the the Celtics have that ability to go two bigs, 
and still spread the floor with five out with Kristaps and Al Horford. They're able to pack the paint. That makes it much harder for LeBron and Anthony Davis to create. And a lot gets put on the shoulders of then Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, those sort of players, uh, to create from the outside. And the Lakers have a much harder time when LeBron isn't able to get downhill. So that could be a big a big factor in the game. I think he's still questionable to play. So to zag a little bit too, to kind of get into, into the second game, I picked 76ers Heat as my top game. And I almost put Lakers Celtics kind of for the historical reason, right? And everything that everyone had laid out. But what I'm really interested to see to everyone's earlier points, we kind of know who the Celtics are. We know who, who the Lakers are and styles make fights. It's going to be a good game. But what I'm interested in seeing is are, are the heat anything now, right? They've been surging. Um, can they contend with, with Philly? And obviously, it's just it's Christmas. It's not playoffs or anything. But I'm interested to see if the Heat can come out swinging against the the big dogs in Philly. So that's why I ranked it over Celtics Lakers. Also to kind of piss off Jay. No, I so so yeah. This the second game we had was fake sick to go watch the game in bed un, uninterrupted. And I think this is a worthy game for that. I was very close to putting Sixers Heat as my number one, but. For the same reasons Dan laid out, I decided to stick with Celtics versus Lakers as the as the first game. But I think in terms of like the game itself, to me, this may be the most interesting games. Kind of setting aside the history, the narrative, all of that. Um, just from a matchup standpoint, man, like anytime these teams play each other, it, it tends to be a, a bit of a, a rock fight between the two of them. And they're again speaking of styles, I think they're just they're they're very different in the way that they operate. Um, but the other thing too, I mean, they've got two of the best you know, three to five coaches in the league and, and Nick Nurse and Eric Spolstra. I think, you know, suppose number one, and I would put Nick Nurse probably, I mean, at least top five um, for sure. So just seeing what they kind of come to the, the table with from a scheme slash strategy standpoint, I think will be interesting. And then um, just watching Joel, that the Joel-Bam matchup, I think is is always a fun one to watch. Um, Bam is one of my favorite guys to watch in the league, especially defensively. So Seeing if he's able to slow down Joel at all, um, you know, Maxi out there, Jimmy Butler. I just think there's there's uh, there's there's stars in this game that are going to be really fun to see, kind of um, if they piece it together on Christmas Day. They're playing in Miami, correct? I'm, I'm pretty sure that they I actually are. don't know. I think that was the reason why I didn't put this game as number one, honestly, because there's always that added element when Jimmy goes back to Philly. The way that he plays it's there in Miami. is incredible. And it's 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 so much more fun. That that could have I don't know if I would have put him over the the Celtics Lakers just because that's probably my favorite game to watch in all of the NBA. Uh, even when the teams aren't good, it's still fun to watch. So now that these, both these teams are championship contenders, it's going to be great. But Jimmy going to Philly for me is always an amazing watch, uh, and just to sit and think about what could have been. If that ball, you know, we talked about the, the Kawhi shot that bounced on the rim eight times. If that ball hadn't gone down, what would that Philly team have been? Would Jimmy have stuck around? Would Ben Simmons have never lost whatever he was when he started his career? Who knows? Jay, yeah, you had this game ranked as your second my, team. Yeah. Yeah, it, I did. Um, for all of the same reasons. Also because the, both these teams are just, like, really good. Um, the Heat just keep chugging along. Um 
despite the disaster of an offseason they had. I just think that the biggest gift that this game is going to give to America is that so many people are going to see the Jimmy Butler emo photo for the first time. <laughs> and it's going to be It's incredible. so good. It is I such a it. gift. Like it really is. Jimmy Like himself. how many like random how many like random dads or girlfriends or cousins or uncles <laughs> are going to be like, "Wait, what? Who is that, <laughs> Who is that guy?" And we're going to be able to tell them that's Jimmy Butler, the <laughs> hero of the NBA. Uh, that's a great take, actually. <laughs> really great take. I forgot about that. I hope he continues to to keep that shtick going season to season, man, because it's just, oh, it's so good. Um, well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, our, our third game here. Watch on your phone under the dinner table. This one was a, I mean, I, as we get into like the three, third, fourth, and fifth ranked games, we definitely had a little bit of a mixed bag when it came to rankings from the crew. Uh, the way that this shook out, so three, four, and five, really, really close. The third ranked game we had as a group was actually Warriors versus the the Warriors versus Nuggets. And I can share my perspective real quick. I had this as my, uh, I had this as my third ranked game. And the, the reason why I had it ranked that high. I, I mean, I think the Nuggets are probably going to blow out the Warriors, if I'm being honest. Um, the Warriors just don't have really their 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 big rotation is uh, lacking, especially if Draymond doesn't play, which I've heard nothing about him in the last couple weeks. So it doesn't appear that he's going to be playing anytime soon. Uh, I just think Jokic destroys that team. But the reason I had it ranked third is I just I'm, I'm I enjoy games that are uh, star driven and. Anytime you get to watch Steph go up against a Goliath, I mean, this is a David versus Goliath type of storyline for me. And we saw Steph do it against the Celtics this week, where I don't think anybody expected the Celtics to, or sorry, the the, the Warriors to win that game, and they ended up winning it in overtime. So never say never. I think this is a horrible matchup for the uh, Warriors, but they've definitely gotten things rolling a little bit. Granted, against uh, inferior competition for sure, but. Steph's just a guy that, especially on on Christmas, I just feel like he's going to be a ton of fun to watch. That's a pretty good argument. I had the uh, Knicks Bucks up in third place, uh, and the reason I chose them over the Warriors and the Nuggets specifically is I th- I think you're still getting some of the star power. Obviously, the Knicks don't really have that like superstar talent, but you have two of those guys on the Bucks. And I have a soft spot for the Knicks. I don't really know when that started. Maybe when I was in law school watching Carmelo uh, in New York or something. But even though I think the Knicks are sort of objectively one of the harder teams to watch, not quite as fun on offense, I still enjoy watching them. So my bias sort of came through because I love the Bucks and I like the Knicks. Uh, so I had to put them higher. But J- I think Jason had a little bit more to say about the Knicks and why. People love to watch the Knicks on Christmas Day and in general. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I that was more just like me trolling uh, Michael Pina uh, in the chat of just being like, of course, this dude just Your tries to friend. deny that there are certain that there are certain franchises. I, I, is there a, someone saying something? I don't. I, I didn't hear exactly what was said. No, I think the great part about this game, which uh, I put forth, uh, Bucks, Bucks, uh, Knicks, is is Damian Lillard playing in the Garden. How many? Like, I I didn't get to check, but like, 
How many times has Lillard played on Christmas Day with Portland? I imagine it's not that many times. Um, and definitely Once or twice, probably, right? Uh, yeah. This is a dude that likes to put on a show and with wit and, you know, it's another styles make fights, uh, an offensive juggernaut against a, a little bit of a plodding defensive team. Um, but but Dame against Brunson is going to be a heck of a battle. Um, I just think it's going to be a show. Um, but yeah, I put it fourth for a reason because there are obviously issues. Um, I put Warriors Nuggets since that was the game we were talking about. I put it last uh, because of one, because of the blowout potential, and two, because I just like continuing to joke about how no one cares about watching the Nuggets. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so the game is, the game true, is in Denver true. Um, at, at 1230, uh, I think 1230 Pacific, um, which is going to, which, which is kind of objectively the best time uh, on Christmas to watch a game like post presence, but like pre dinner. Um, so that's that's gonna be working for it. I'm sure Steph will put on a show. Um, but I just like the idea of like trolling the nuggets and being like, Yeah, nobody wants to watch your your little Christmas game. Such I a mean, hater. I'm I'm with you. I like Jokic. I love watching like the highlights, but I'm never really drawn to watching the Nuggets. And the Warriors are obviously a very different ball club this year than they were in years past. As great as Steph is and the show that he could put on. If he doesn't, then that team is just boring to watch these days. It's not the same flowing offense that they used to run back in the day. And losing Draymond Green and Clay and Clay Thompson obviously being just a, a shadow of himself uh, just changes what this team is and the product on the court. So, yeah, I mean, I the the, the Knicks. So we had. Let me see where actually we're. So interestingly enough, we had Knicks versus Bucks as our last ranked game out of the five. So that's what I uh, mean. Yeah. I mean, so fourth we had so play with your Christmas toys while kind of sort of watching. We had Mavs versus Suns. I mean, my rationale for this game for being at least semi excited for this game is you you do have a lot of star power, right? The Luca Devin Booker narrative, I think, is always a, a fun slash spicy one. You got KD obviously one of the greatest players that we've ever watched. Um, the problem is <laughs> the vibes in Phoenix are just really bad right now. The team is 500 and their competition has not been great. Like they have not been playing really great teams. So um, they haven't really pieced it together yet. I don't know how that's going to, I don't, I don't know how they're going to piece it together. And then the Mavs have kind of come back to earth a little bit. I just think there's enough history between those two teams over the last two to three years that, it it could it has the potential to be a a bit of a spicy matchup on Christmas Day. Yeah, they fell down my rankings sort of by default, uh, but I think it could be very exciting, specifically if Beal is able to play. We've had so few games with all three of those stars playing together, and he's apparently trying to play on Christmas Day, trying to get back for that. So that could make it more exciting. I think if Kyrie was playing, it would also be more exciting because you have the Kyrie versus Kevin Durant sort of storyline going on. Uh, Luca is amazing to watch and you know I I will turn on Dallas Mavericks games all the time just for the chance to glimpse his his greatness but it kind of gets I don't know how to say it correctly it's it's almost like all right I've seen it I've seen it I've seen it it's just the same thing especially when he's not playing with another star next to him 
it's just the Mavericks being good, not great, and unable to get over the hump of being some some like truly watchable uh, sport. Yeah, I kind of feel that same way. Like what you just outlined, I I feel the same way about the Knicks. Like I just don't really love their style of play. It's a lot of like pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock, turn around jumper, hit a guy for an open three potentially. They're not a great three point shooting team. Um, yeah, I mean like when you have Randall and and Jalen Brunson on the same team, that's just it just by default kind of turns into a lot of ISO stuff. So it's like it's it's similar to the Luca stuff, but less exciting for me. The one thing is, I mean, I do think playing in MSG is a game changer. So again, I mean, we had just an outline. We had the fifth game time for Christmas nap. We had Knicks versus Bucks, but again, those the the Golden State, Denver, Mavs, Suns, Knicks, Bucks, all those games came out super super close. Um, so uh, anyway, I I I think that uh, I think that game is going to be fun. I I love the Dame narrative potentially in in the Garden. He definitely likes to put on a show. Um, the other thing that I think swayed my rankings was the Knicks got blown out by Milwaukee tonight. So they're playing again in two yeah, days. Yeah, I was going to say tonight, right? <laughs> and Dame so didn't like even play that well. Effect. Yeah, and so, right, in terms of me putting it last, I was like, eh, right, we're just going to run this back. Jay, any thoughts on Mavs, Suns? Yeah, I put that game third um, uh, because I just think, uh, you know, both teams have guys missing, unfortunately. I'm surprised to hear Zach say that Beal might be playing just because from what I understand, the report on the 18th was that he was out two weeks. Um, but uh, but it'd be, that would be fantastic um, if he could get out. Obviously, Kyrie I will not be playing. Um, but, I, you know, Dallas has still been chugging along. They're still winning a ton of games. They're a good team. Uh, Phoenix may be struggling, but they've got they've got guys. And I could just see like a really good uh, Booker Luca showdown uh, in this game. Um, both are players I love watching. Both are players that I I really respect. Um, and so uh, I don't know. I could see this one being really uh, really entertaining. I do think it's the last game of the day, um, which makes it a tough watch. Uh, uh, it's always tough to, to tough to catch one at like you know kind of mid dinner time or after dinner time uh, uh just because it's you know i feel like that's that's the time that you're most likely to piss off your family uh by trying to make everyone watch one more basketball game at 8:30 p.m. um but uh but you also i don't know people maybe go their separate ways at that point anyway i just like these players and i like watching them play each other and they hate each other so uh, that should be fun Love it. Well, we'll uh, we'll we'll report back on uh, our experience watching the the Christmas games next week when we record again. Let's go ahead. Speaking of time for Christmas nap, Dan's looking like he's ready for a, a Christmas nap. So let's go ahead and wrap things up with uh, with Zach's mud pie moment of the week. Zach, take it away. Shouts fired to Dan. What I really wanted to talk about for this mud pie moment of the week is. Los Angeles and the Los Angeles Dodgers who just signed Yoshinobu Yamamoto <laughs> for $325 million and have now spent almost $1.2 billion this offseason on players. But this is an NBA podcast. Don't hate the player. We're going to keep the game. it pure. <laughs> it's not really it a mud pie for you Dodgers guys to like spend money to have a good team. you know. Anyway. 
So my mud pie this week, I won't belabor this point because we've talked about them a lot, but I feel like there is only one truly deserving recipient for this week, and that's the Detroit Pistons. With their loss to the Nets, they've extended their losing streak to 26 games, tying the NBA record, as we already mentioned. And frankly, it's just pathetic at this point. There's no joy in that team. There seem to be no positive vibes, um, even as like Cade Cunningham is trying desperately to get his guys to care. And they put up fights in their games for a little bit, and then it just falls flat every single time. And where I see that most is on the defensive end. And watching their game against the Jazz a couple nights ago, their rotations are among the worst I've ever seen. They close out way too late on guys and way too hard, which gave the Jazz like open season at the basket. And when they are able to stop the point of attack, there are so many players out of position that it just gave the Jazz wide open threes all night. It was like guaranteed open three. Uh, the Jazz didn't light the world on fire. They only scored 119. Their shooting percentages make it seem like Detroit was playing decent defense. But then you have to remember that they were playing without Laurie Markkinen, without Jordan Clarkson, without Keontae George. This was a team of second stringers, third stringers, that just beat them. And Kelly Olenek, of all players, looked like an absolute all-star. Um, it ended as badly as it could with Detroit fans who had been like cheering during the game and chanting like it was a playoff game for their team to, to just get a win, to just get over that hump. By the end of the game, they had bags on their heads and were chanting, sell the team. It's as bad as it can be. Someone please, please get these guys a bigger slice. The mud pie is now out of control. <laughs> You're here. You know, I was, I was thinking yeah, about this yeah, today. Okay, I, I, I kind of like half, half expected, uh, you know, in, 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 especially in the early mission impossible movies where like there's 47 scenes of different people taking off their mask and it's somebody else. It just happens over and over again. I like half expect Troy Weaver to reveal that he's actually Sam Hinkie. <laughs> At some point, because like, my gosh, the, the way that this team has been constructed, man, like I just it doesn't really it's just not cohesive, which is sad to say, because I did. I definitely did not think that coming into the season. But you watch a guy like Sadiq Bay in Atlanta and I'm like, oh, like that would be a nice guy to have on the Pistons right now instead of, I don't know, James Wiseman, who looks awful um, or one of the other 47 centers they have. Jalen Duren's not playing right now, so I do think that needs to be mentioned but the team just doesn't work man it's they need to sell off all their parts and just build around Cade and Duran and Ivy and Asar Thompson and just get rid of everyone else sorry Jay I totally cut you off no it's okay I mean can we just say the fact that you like you were like let's sell off all the parts and then build around and then you listed off four players like that is the distance right now. <laughs> I mean, so I did like, notice that. There's too. so much to like. There's so much to like. There's so much to root for. Um, can I? Re- I'm just. I'm just going to report in from Pistons beat here. Um, Tom Gores, the owner of the Pistons, uh, just gave. I think it was a press conference today where he like actually made himself available for questioning. Um, which I think is like a, you know, a, a brave move uh, in this situation. Um, but he unfortunately uh, gave us the the quote, which I think is a, a nice thing to say around Christmas time. Uh, if you put aside winning, we've made a very big difference in the community. 
<laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that's Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln held the play. I think that's the. Uh, I think that's the the motto or the mantra of the Seattle Mariners too. So whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel for them. Oh, that's so rough. They, can I just what say they do continue take. to have? They just continue to have wonderful game ops. Like I think people are having a really nice time at that game. Yeah, especially those fans with the bags on their heads. All 1,500 people that attend their games. There are dozens of (laughs) them. They have this area (laughs) behind the basket where people can, like, sit and eat barbecue, like, really close to the court on, like, couches. It's, like, kind of fun. And then they (laughs) they had this woman doing (laughs) this game. Uh, where they uh, they would pl- play like the first few lines of a Christmas carol, and if she sang the last line, she like won the game, and she was like really going for it, like she was like like really ripping it, uh, doing the singing and like like really playing it up for the camera. I'm just like, I think there were just really nice vibes around this fan base right now. <laughs> like um, you know, they're they're sounding more and more are. like the Mariners, man. <laughs> but sell the really, experience, but not that, the team. <laughs> I think they're making a really big difference to the community. I think <laughs> At least the local good. furniture stores by uh, supplying the, the arena with uh, with couches for fans to sit on. Yeah, exactly. They're definitely not keeping Wingstop in business. That's for that's for dang sure, right, Dan? <laughs> oh, man. Again, in, whatever in happens, their defense, Wingstop does not need anybody to keep them in business. Wingstop is amazing. They don't need any defense. I would love to go to a Pistons game, sit on a couch, and eat barbecue close to the court. Yeah, that sounds great. That does sound pretty awesome, (laughs) even if they're terrible. People of Michigan deserve better. They deserve better. Hopefully they can turn it around. Can I also throw out my anti-mud pie of the week? For those who didn't see, go look up the highlight. Chet Holmgren had a little uh, Kobe Bryant. Pump faked a guy, stepped around, threw it off the backboard. Threw it down himself, man. It was beautiful. It's my anti mud pie of the week. It was. It was. That was awesome. That was. Did you so see his rad. his near uh, meta world piece on on the way back down the court too when he bumped into Harden and almost <laughs> almost threw an elbow behind him. He didn't actually almost do it, but he kind of shoved him out of the way. It was pretty great. Made me happy. Look, that's <laughs> that is how easy it is to do that. I've been trying to tell you guys for about ten years that stuff like that can just happen. <laughs> Bang bang situations on the court. Free meta. It was an accident. So Harden was on the Thunder at the time, and obviously I was furious. But now I have realized that Meta just saw something that we didn't see early on, and he was just ahead of the curve. And knowing that James Harden deserved a little uh, elbow to the back of the head, I guess a concussion. He deserved a concussion. Here you go, James. Uh, Let's not go that far. Just just a little wake up call. That's that's all. Yeah, I love it. Well, thanks everybody for coming around. (laughs) We're here for you, Jay. We're here for you, Meta. All right, boys. Well, this has been a magical Christmas experience for us to go through together. Appreciate everyone's takes and, you know, coming prep to the pod today. And uh, we'll get a little uh, New Year's resolutions going next week. What do you say? Perfect. Perfect, man. (laughs) Wait. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, hope you all have homies. a holly jolly Christmas. Merry Christmas, and to Merry all Christmas, good night, everybody. to everyone. All right, boys. Talk to you later. Peace, peace on earth.